0: Amen. If you get your Bibles and turn to First Samuel chapter 1, if you're not already there, and while I was listening to those guys sing, I'm um, really appreciative of our music ministry here in the church, and I'm not really a part of it. I just like to sing along and listen to it, but I know that there's a lot of work that goes into what they do, and I hesitate to say, but even the sound desk guys as well, the stuff that they do. To assist in that ministry as well, um, but I think we have a we have a special ministry in our music ministry here in the church, and I just encourage you to pray for everyone that is in there because they do put a lot of time and effort into it, and it does encourage us, it does help us, and um, it brings a lot to our to the spirit of our service as well. So, thanks for that, thanks guys. Um, okay, so First Samuel chapter one. I'm just going to uh, pray, and then we'll jump in here and have a look at something so if you just bow your heads with me we'll just have a word of prayer dear lord heavenly father we thank you for this day that you've given us we thank you father for all that you've done for us uh, not only in the past week lord but just our whole life lord just orchestrating things and bringing us and directing us to you lord i thank you for this church and uh, for establishing it lord i thank you for building it And uh, I thank you for our pastor and uh, for keeping him, for strengthening him, Lord God, and and, uh, for everything that you've called him to do. And I just thank you for the work you've done through this church, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to speak now and uh, to speak from your word. I thank you for your word and uh, for the truths that it holds for us, for the power that it has for our lives, Lord God. And uh, Father, I just come before you now and acknowledge that you are God, and uh, that I need you, that we all need you, Lord. And I just pray that you would help me now to speak the things you want me to say. Uh, help me to be bold in that, Lord God, and uh, please keep me from saying anything unnecessary or unneedful, but I do pray that this would be a help. I pray this would be a fruitful time in your word, a fruitful time together as a body. And I pray that you'll be pleased with everything that takes place, Lord. And so I do ask these things and I thank you for them. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when I've been reading the Bible this week, uh, and particularly this passage with Hannah, uh, as Jason said, a very familiar passage, um, one of the problems I have when I read the Bible is remembering that these people are real people, is remembering that they went through these things and they had real feelings, real emotions... Uh, and they're not just a story written on a page, not just a fairy tale, but they're real people for us to relate to. And that's one thing that I often struggle when I read through different stories and different people in the Bible is just making that connection that, OK, this is a real person who went through this and what would they be feeling and how, how do they respond to all that? That's one thing that I struggle with. So I have to slow myself down when I read and just ponder that a little bit. Um, I don't know if anyone else kind of falls into that, um, but it can be a danger. We can just, like Jason said, it's a familiar passage and we can kind of just turn off and go, oh, yeah, I've heard that one before. But we need to make sure we enter into these things. And you take this story of Hannah, for instance. Um, yeah, we read it and we can say, oh, yeah, she, she couldn't have kids. You know, for whatever reason, God shut her womb. She couldn't have kids. Uh, people, you know, provoked her and, you know, made fun of her. and uh, That hurt her. Um, She was picked on, she prayed, and then she got what she wanted in the end. Like, yeah, nice story. It's a pretty good story to tell your kids. Um, But the other thing I often forget is that these things took place in a real period of time as well. So not only was she a real person and had real feelings and that affected her, what she went through, but it was over a very long period of time, the Bible says. So it wasn't just, oh, yeah, yeah, I can read uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1. You know, in a couple of minutes, her life and this part of her life was not over in a couple of minutes. This part of her life went on for years. And uh, that's just something that I want us to, you know, remember when we look at the Bible and we look at the stories of people that this happened in in a period of time in someone's life, just like in your life, just like in our lives, okay? Um, And I say all that because... When you consider all these things, you get to appreciate they were, they were actually very similar to these Bible characters. Um, we can often approach the Bible and look at these characters and think, oh, yeah, they're, you know, they're up here somewhere or, or things like that, but really they're just people like me. They're just people like you. They're just regular people, OK? Um, so I say all that because I want us to, to get a little bit more of how she responded and then later on how someone else responded to the things that happened in their life and just to see, ah... Oh, I'm not that much different from the people that I read in the Bible. So if you have a look at uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1, just look at verse 6 here. Uh, the story, obviously, that um, her husband's other wife was making fun of her and provoking her because she couldn't have children. It says, And her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. Now, she was being provoked and mocked about something that for all intensive purposes, that I can see was kind of out of her hands. The Lord had shut her womb and it was something that she couldn't do anything about. Um, And this was by someone that she lived with, someone close to her, someone, you know, that she spent a lot of time around, no doubt. And I think many of you would experience the same thing, perhaps, that you're provoked and you're mocked by people that that you work with, maybe even people that you're close friends with, or even a family member... Usually about your faith, usually about your Christianity, but it might be about something else. Um, I know my sister Jen Holloway, my sister Jen Holloway. Just in case you didn't know, Jen Holloway is my sister. I just say that again because there's always new people who don't know. Um, when she became a Christian, she started attending this church. She was mocked hard by my siblings, uh, very hard, and provoked, and you know, really, I would almost say tormented. Um, emotionally uh, because of what she believed So, and I'm sure many of you have probably entered into that a little bit. Well, this is where Hannah was at, so not very much different from us. Uh, she was provoked about things that she'd had no, no control over. Um, I know teens, some of you guys, not many of you here tonight, but some of you can be mocked by your family situation. Uh, some people come from broken homes and all different things that completely out of your hands, but you can get pushed, I've seen it in the school seen people just get mocked because their parents split up. It's got nothing to do with them, but that's what they face. Um, And Hannah was a little bit in this situation, but uh, keep looking down at verse number 8, also how this affected her. Hannah was weeping, she was not eating, and her heart was grieved. And we can probably all testify to feeling that way at some point in our life about something. Lost your appetite, your heart's grieved over something, and you don't want to think about anything else. But look in verse 10, and this is what I want to look at. It says, And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. Why was she in bitterness of soul? I'm asking you because I ask myself this question. Why was Hannah, this character in the Bible that we read about, why was she in bitterness of soul? Well, because she was a real person. Because it said year after year this happened to her, that she was just provoked and mocked and you know, made fun of, hey, you can't have kids and I can and it was just pressing upon her all the time and she was, she was reacting to that. Her soul was affected by that, her heart was grieved by that um, and, you know, perhaps, perhaps she was holding all this in and didn't really know what to do with it. I don't know. I, it doesn't really say much more than that. That's how she felt by all of this um, and I know that she probably was a little bit overwhelmed with some things in her life overwhelmed with how she was being treated this whole time. And I use that word purposely, overwhelmed, because I want to I have a look at it a little bit. And, and that word, overwhelmed, it is a Bible word. Uh, it means this. It means to cover, to clothe, or to envelop. So I think we can all understand that we can get to the point where we feel enveloped by circumstances in our life, uh, undesirable circumstances, like I said, people mocking you for your faith or or different things, maybe your beliefs on certain things, and uh, that can press upon you and you can just feel like it's just clouding you in and you can feel like your heart is just getting covered by those things and that's kind of all you're you're thinking about and all you're seeing a lot of the time. And I think Hannah was at this this point. Um, But these are regular things we face. This is just a regular thing that Hannah faced and we're no different. So my question tonight is how do you handle being overwhelmed because if you're not already there you're probably going to feel like that at some point point. and how do you handle that uh, and that's what I want to look at well first of all my encouragement to you is not to do what I've done uh, when I feel overwhelmed at times and that's just to try and ignore it try and ignore those things that you don't want to think about ignore the things that grieve your heart and go out ah, I'm just going to forget about that one Because the problem with that is when you shove things under the carpet, they still stay under the carpet. And they just continue to grow. And you keep shoving it under there, yep, that thing comes before me, ah, just shove it under the carpet. It never goes away. You're going to have to deal with it at one time. It just continues to build and build and build. And probably in your heart, it builds pressure, and then it comes out worse than if you dealt with it in the first place. So the answer is not to just shove things under the carpet or just ignore it, turn a blind eye to it. It has to be dealt with somehow. Um, So I was thinking about Hannah, and maybe she wasn't trying to ignore it, but maybe she just didn't know how to effectively express what she was feeling, what she was facing. I don't know. Like I said, it doesn't really go into a lot of detail here. Um, But that's an important part of our Christian life, is being able to express what's happening on the inside to God. We need to be able to talk to him and say, hey, God, this is what's going on. This is how I feel. And I don't know, maybe Hannah had just been kind of holding it in and like, I don't know what to say, I don't know how to handle this, I don't know what to even pray, I don't know. And maybe it was just kind of building up a little bit. Um, So when I think of expressing, expressing our thoughts and our heart to God, one Bible character comes into my mind pretty significantly, and that's David, David. and I guess I want you to have a look here. Um, so if you just keep your place in 1 Samuel, we'll turn to um, Psalm 142, which is a psalm that obviously David wrote. Um, and hopefully we'll pull out some tips of just handling this thing of being overwhelmed. Psalm 142. Now, we know that David was a man after God's own heart. We've heard that uh, many times. Pastors preached on that recently. Um, but one thing that you see when you look in the life of David, and particularly in the Psalms, is that David spoke a lot to God. He just talked to God. He just expressed his feelings to God. He just put it out there. And uh, it seems like if you look through the Psalms, and I did this the other night, I just flicked through all the Psalms, uh, obviously the ones that David wrote. And if you read like the first two lines of kind of each Psalm, it kind of seems like he's up and he's down. He's up and he's. If you just look at the first two verses of each psalm, uh, he's having a good time. He's telling you to praise the Lord, sing unto the Lord, uh, you know, all the earth praise the Lord. And then it's, oh, I cried unto the Lord because of this distress, and and these people are against me, and and that kind of thing. If you just if you just took a snapshot of what he wrote in the psalms, you go, is he emotionally unstable? He's <laughs> kind of like on this roller coaster ride of up and down, and does he know where he's at, kind of thing. And that's that's how you can kind of. Look at it if you just take a quick glance, but there's more to it than that. I know you understand that, Um, but that's what I found when I was just looking through the things he wrote. Because of talking about him, talking about expressing ourselves to God, that's kind of a snapshot you get. It's like, are are we like that? We might be a little bit like Hannah, but are we are we like David in that way as well? Well, that's what I want to have a look at here. Uh, So, David. uh, You may not have known this, but David wasn't a magical super-Christian who always did what was right and always made the best choices and always said the right things at the right time. Uh, And that's what I was getting at before, is that we look at these characters often, particularly David, and we we, we put him up here as this super-Christian who, you know, is always great and always made good decisions, even though we know he had these bad times. But I think our overall view of him is, yeah, he was awesome and he was just perfect most of the time. Well... Maybe he wasn't. Maybe, maybe we're just seeing some side of it, a part of it. Uh, and uh, he didn't do everything right all the time. And once again, like Hannah, he's a Bible character that we can relate to. So I don't want you to switch off and think, well, David, he's like here. Yeah, Hannah I can kind of relate to, but David, he's like, whoa, he's out of my park. No, you can relate to David just as much as you can relate to Hannah. Okay? Uh, so I just want to encourage you, don't, don't switch off because of that. So really what I called before emotionally unstable was David's honesty. That's what I see when I look at the Psalms and look at him expressing himself and expressing things in his life to God. It's not him being emotionally unstable, it's just him being honest. It's him just calling things what they are. It's, he's calling what's on his heart, he's just, he's just calling it. He's just saying, this is what I feel. This is just how it is. There, God, that's it. He's just being honest. Uh, he, it's his honesty in expressing to God what he sees. Uh, he was obviously seeing things around him that he didn't like, that were distressing him. Uh, what he feels, you know, obviously Saul was chasing him and trying to kill him, and you know, you can't deny how you feel when that's when you're put in that situation. And I, I don't know if any of you have been running for your life because someone's been trying to kill you, but I'm sure you can relate to to things on that level where you're worried, you're really worried about something in your life. Well, David's just expressing how he feels about that. He expresses his confusion about his enemies. He even expresses his confusion or his misunderstanding of what God's doing in his life and God's working in certain ways. He's like, God, what's happening here? Why are you letting this happen? Or why are you allowing this thing in my life? Now, if you look at it like that, you can say, well, yeah, I'd probably do the same thing. I can relate to that just questioning a little bit and, you know, complaining a little bit, you know, what's going on here. Uh, That's how we can relate to David. Uh, So the pattern of David, particularly in the Psalms, is that he didn't just automatically know the best or perfect or politically correct answer or way necessarily to express himself with what was going on in his life. And that's what I want to point out, is that though these... Characters, we do hold them up in high esteem. They teach us a lot and God has worked in them and through them a lot. But he didn't always know the right thing to say or he didn't always perhaps say it the best way. I mean, we look at the King James words and go, wow, that's very, you know, very grand and and how they express themselves. But if you put it into our language, it would just be like how you and I talk. It would just be a complaint how I complain about something. Like, ah, oh, my boss, well, not my boss, but <laughs> <laughs> my boss is perfect. <laughs> but if you, put, if you put David's complaints and how he's expressing himself, just in, if he was in our day speaking how we speak, it wouldn't be this grand thing. But probably when we look at the King James words, it kind of seems very grand, the old English and all that kind of stuff. But he was just expressing himself, just, he was just being honest about how he felt about things. So he didn't always have the, the best response um, or the most politically correct response maybe even to his own actions. I'm not even just talking about circumstances that came his way but sometimes just the actions that he, he brought things upon himself because of his actions just like we do. You know, he didn't always know how to handle that 100% correctly straight away. But I'm getting somewhere. He did know something. He knew that God knew his heart better than he did. Very important. So out of everything that David faced and even Hannah faced and all these other characters faced, um, what I see in David is that he may not know how to express himself 100% correctly when things are not going right, but he knew that God knew his heart better than he did. And that's that's a very key point. So just have a look here in, in this Psalm 142. I just want to see a pattern that hopefully we can follow in expressing ourselves to God, particularly when we're overwhelmed. So if you just start... I'm going to do this in a weird order, but I'm not even going to look at the whole, whole psalm, just the first three verses. Just start at verse 3. and This is what David says. He says, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privily laid a snare for me. So like I said, to put you in the picture, this is David, you know, hiding from Saul and you know, he's obviously scared, he's, he's, he's overwhelmed, he said that. He said, my spirit was overwhelmed within me. So he's being clothed or enveloped by the circumstances in his life and that's what's taking his focus. Um, and, you know, what does he do? And this is what I want to look at. Just, just flick back to verse number one. This is what he did. He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. Now I love looking at what these words mean and um, Robin obviously loves looking at what words mean. He's saying a few of them this morning as well. But I looked into this word uh, cried. So he said that he cried unto the Lord and it's like, yeah, okay, we understand that. He's talking to God. But this cried, it actually, it's not a whimpering. It's not a soft sob. uh, It's not even an internal like dialogue or monologue or an internal cry. It literally means this, to shriek. From anguish or danger to shriek. So David's saying, In my distress, in me being overwhelmed, I I literally am shriek, I'm crying out to God in a shriek. It's like it's it has the context of calling people to assembly, like trying to gather everyone together. And this is how David approaches being overwhelmed to God, is he's crying out. And what does he use? Well, it says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. But what I want you to notice is that it's not a passive or an internal cry. It's not just pondering. There's a, there's a difference between thinking something and voicing it. And it's like, yeah, duh, everyone knows that. But just think about that for a second. There's a difference between just thinking something up here and it actually coming out of your mouth in words. Okay? See, David mentions in verse 1 two times that he used his voice. He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. Now, we need to be careful and I need to be careful that we don't take advantage of the fact that we know that God knows our thoughts. We know that God understands our heart and and what we're feeling and what we're thinking because we can so fall into that trap of just going, "Well, well, God knows it so I don't really have to say it. I don't really have to express it because he already knows what's going on in my heart. He knows what's going on in my head. So I don't really have to say it, do I? Well, take that logic and (laughs) apply it to perhaps your wife. Oh, she knows I love her, but I don't really have to say it. She just knows it. You'll probably get a slap across the face if you do that. Um, But we need to treat God. He's a person. And he wants us to express things to him. And yes, he does know everything that we think and everything that's going on inside. But we need to Voice those things as well. He wants to hear it from us. And there's something that happens when you take it from in here and you bring it out in your voice. There's just something that happens inside you. There's something that happens in your aware awareness of of what you're saying and what's being expressed there. I don't know I don't know how to explain that, but that, but there is some, there is a difference between thinking something and saying it out loud. Um, now, it can be an excuse or an easy way out to to say, you know, oh, I don't have to say it because God knows it. Uh, but next to your actions, what you say is actually one of the greatest proofs or reflection of what's happening on the inside. So, you know, picture paints a thousand words and people look at your actions probably more than your words, but you take away your actions, your words are the next best thing that people are going to go on, next best thing that's going to show, reveal what's happening on the inside. So we need to make sure that we're using that correctly, especially when we're, we're talking to God. Okay? So in our spiritual anatomy, there are direct connections that are probably not necessarily so in our physical anatomy. Now, what I mean by that, and I'm no doctor, uh, but I don't believe that there's a direct link between your eye and your heart in your physical anatomy. Okay, like just a line that just goes from your eye to your heart, just some, you know, tube or, or thing like that uh, that's linked directly from your eye to your heart. But in our spiritual anatomy, there is. It says in the Bible that our eye affects our heart. And it doesn't just stop there. There's other ones, like what's, on, what's in your heart will come out of your mouth. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So even your heart, spiritually, can affect your mouth. Uh, once again, I don't know if there's some tube that goes from your heart to your mouth in your physical body, but God's saying that it does in your spiritual body. So we need to be aware of that. Now, the reason I say that is, like I said, Matthew 12:34, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Well, Romans 10:10 10, 10 also says, for, the, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So he's put this in us, that what's going on in here can be and probably should be expressed by our mouth, by our voice. Now, I know there's people in the world that can't speak. I understand that. But God's saying as, as a general rule, we should be expressing ourselves through our mouth. And it can happen in a bad way. If there's too much bad stuff going on in your heart, it's going to come out in your mouth. Uh, so there's a link there. There's a connection there. And Like I said, I am getting somewhere, so just bear with me for a sec. So, in light of those things, in light of the fact that you know uh, God wants us to express to Him using our voice, not just thinking it in our head, uh, we need to realize that He's given this ability for for a purpose, for a reason. And verse two in this Psalm 142 is is really the interesting part because David describes how he does that. So, yes, he used his voice. He, he's overwhelmed. He used his voice to cry unto the Lord. But how did he do that? How did he use his voice? And this is what I want to look at. So verse number two, this is what David says. He said, I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. Now he mentions to God that he has a complaint and trouble, but how did he express them? Well, He said that he poured it out. He said it was poured out. Now, the biblical usage of that phrase poured out is most used when describing God's wrath and then second to that is the shedding of blood and it's usually in, in relation to someone being murdered. So, so, so David here is saying, I poured out my, my complaint, my trouble, the things that were overwhelming me, I poured them out like the shedding of blood. Now, what am I getting at? I'm saying that it literally poured out in that context there, literally means to spill, to make a mess. Like, can you imagine if someone came up here and stabbed me in my throat? Now, I know I'm being very graphic, but there'd be a mess all over my clothes, all over my notes, God forbid, all over over the floor here. There'd be blood just spurting out everywhere, wouldn't there? It's not just neatly placed or neatly in one little drip or one little line or anything like that. So, so David's saying here, how did I express my complaint? How did I express the things I was going to? Well, I just made a mess before God. I just put it out there. It wasn't all particular and, you know, tried to word things correctly or... Now, I'm not saying he was irreverent, but he just, he just spilled it out. He said, God, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. I'm just going to spill it out before you. I'm just going to make a mess before you. Because you know what? When you're in that place, when you're overwhelmed by, by things or people and stuff's coming your way and you just feel, you're not always thinking correctly. You're not always thinking, you know, orderly. And if you know that God wants you to express things to him, like what's going on in your heart, well, sometimes you just need to just get it out. God, I just frustrated with this person. I actually feel like I hate them right now. I just want to punch them in the face. That's spilling it out. That's making a mess. I had enough with my kids. That's how I feel, God. I'm just being honest. That's what David did. So when you look at these Psalms, he's just pouring out his heart. He's just making a mess. He's not worried about, oh, should you really say that? Is that a biblical thing? No, he's not doing that. This is what I'm saying, you can relate to David too. Because you can just get it out. <laughs> you know, when uh, everyone, I'm sure everyone loves spring cleaning their house. Not. <laughs> but uh, in our house that we had previously, we had a, a, a room that we designated for a playroom for our kids. So all the toys went into there you know, to keep their bedrooms nice and neat, which is great, except that the playroom ended up a mess anyway. So you've always got at least one room that's a mess. But we had this playroom and, you know, periodically you have to go in there and, okay, let's sort through these toys and let's clean this up a little bit. So they had this big, uh, you know, plastic tub that they'd put different toys in and all that kind of stuff. So you'd go in there and you'd look in this tub and it was just full of stuff, just full of rubbish, junk, toys, clothes, dirty clothes, just, you know, wrappers of lollies, maybe some lollies that hadn't even been unwrapped. It was just a whole bunch of stuff in there it's like, we just need to clear this out and get this sorted. Now, I didn't say, hey, girls, can you just go and like, neatly pull each thing out and sort it into their different pot." No, I just said, just pour it all out on the floor and let's see what we've got. And sometimes that's just what you've got to do with what's going on in your heart. You just need to pour it out. You just need to make a mess before God and say, God, that's what's there. That's what's here. That's what I'm feeling. It's probably not right. I probably shouldn't think like that about that person or whatever. But I'm just being honest, God. <laughs> you know, I'm not being rude, not being irreverent or anything. But just being honest. This is this is what it is. And when I look through the Psalms, that's how David, the man after God's own heart, how he expressed himself to God. So if we can take some lessons in David's life from other things, then. Surely we can take a lesson from this and how he expressed things to God. So, I guess I want you to just flick back to 1 Samuel chapter 1 for a second. And I want to show you that, like David, Hannah was in a very similar situation. She wasn't, I guess, fearing for her life, but over time, uh, her soul was grieved, her heart was grieved. And, uh, and look in 1 Samuel chapter 1, look at verse number 15. It says, and Hannah answered and said, "They said this to Eli the, the priest. No, my lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord." So she just did the same thing. She just poured it out. She said, "Over years, this lady has been prodding me, provoking me, mocking me." And you look in verse ten. It says that she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord. So she was bitter when she was talking to God. Well, are, you allowed to, are you allowed to do that? As a Christian, are you allowed to have bitterness? No, well, you're not, you know, God doesn't want you to be bitter, but sometimes you'll find yourself in a place where you are bitter. Does that mean you can't talk to God because you're bitter? No, It just means you just got to <laughs> express... To him, what's going on? Express to him, why you feel bitter? Why you feel that way? And that's what she did. Verse 15, she, she's poured out her soul before the Lord. Now look in verse 16. It was very similar to David. Verse 16, uh, she says, Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. So what was built up in her heart out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, that abundance of complaint and grief, stuff that she just didn't like in her life, stuff that she didn't agree with, she didn't understand necessarily, all that stuff, it was building up and out of that abundance, that's that's what she presented before the Lord. That's what she spilled out to God and just said, this is how I'm feeling. And God listened to her. God didn't go, ah, no, Hannah, can you just reword that slightly? Can you just be a bit more spiritual in your approach to that? Can you just be a little bit more mature in your Christian? No. It's great if you can do that, but Hannah's a real person. David's a real person. I'm a real person. You're a real person, hopefully. And you just got to express what's going on in a genuine way. That's what honesty is. You look up the word honest in the Bible, it's talking about being genuine. Just be real. Don't be fake. God can see through that. He can see what's going on in there, so there's no point in being fake about it, no point in trying to sugarcoat it and I'll I'll present it to God this way. No, he already knows what's there. He just wants you to express it. And I I say this to our teens a lot, that there's stuff going on that, you know, in your teen years that you don't understand necessarily, you may be a bit confused by whatever, you, you don't know how to speak to God or how to bring that to God. Well, sometimes you just got to say, God, this is how I feel. I hate that this is happening. And just make a mess, just pour it out to God. Just be real. Otherwise, what's the point? You're just going to encourage people to hold things in, hold things in, and wait until they feel very spiritual, until they can bring that to God? No, that's never the answer. So if, if, if it's good enough for David, then, hey, uh, and we're not talking about sin, but we're just talking about talking to God, then I think it's good enough for me. Hopefully it's good enough for you as well. So when you look at the Psalms that David wrote, uh, a lot of them, the ones that start with uh, a cry, start with lament, um, start with com- complaint, he started, perhaps in the first couple of verses, maybe even half of the psalm, but he very rarely ended there. He very rarely continued a whole psalm in this complaint and just, you know, I don't understand, Lord, what are you doing? He started there, but he very rarely ended there. He usually ended in, oh, but Lord, I know that you're in control or you've got this under control or, oh, thank you, Lord, your mercies are great. Or, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but... Basically, you look at the end of all those psalms and quite often he finished in a good place. So you got you got to take that. you got to look at that and go, well, maybe he wasn't so great at the start, but God revealed some things and it probably helped him as he expressed that, as he got it out, as he fumbled his way through. Uh, God showed him some things and helped him to, to get it right in the end. So why, why should we do this? Well, because I think God wants us to be honest when we talk to him. He doesn't want us to be fake Christians, play church, play Christian, all that kind of stuff. Um, and when you publish what's going on inside to God, and I say publish because that, that's part of the, the description of pouring out, is publishing. When you publish that to God and when you put it on display, uh, God helps you make sense of it. Because you might think, oh, I've got all this stuff in my heart, but when you get it out, then you can actually see what it, what it is. You can actually see what's there. So I could look at my, my kid's tub of toys and rubbish and junk and all that kind of stuff, and I can get a good idea of what's there, but until it's like all poured out and go, okay, that's what's there, and that's what's not there, that should be there, all that kind of stuff. So when you publish it before God and you're just honest and you're open, then he can show you, okay, see that? See, you thought that that person was being indifferent towards you, but now that you've like, expressed everything to me, I can help you understand that you've actually got a little bit of unforgiveness towards that person. That's what that was. And it just kind of helps you to see things in the right light, helps you to see things clearly. Uh, because Jeremiah 17 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So we can think that we know what's going on in here, but really the Bible says, Uh, You can't actually know your heart very well because it it will deceive you. It will try and trick you. It will make you think that it's that person, but really you've got unforgiveness there, things like that. So pouring out your heart to God is helpful for you to identify what's there with God's help. Now, I say that um, because I want you to have a look at a verse with me. Go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. So, you know, God in his power can uh, fix everything, make everything right uh, without you saying a word, but he's probably not going to do that because he wants a relationship. He wants some genuineness. He wants you to open up. Just like I would expect my wife or my kids to actually want to talk to me to express things rather than just write it on a piece of paper or have me just try and read their mind. God wants the same thing. He, he wants us to express to Him. So uh, Hebrews Hebrews chapter four, verse twelve, it says this. It says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even, even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So what I'm saying is when you pour it all out to God, he can actually use his Holy Spirit and use his word, like what you have already been taught, what you know about his word, he can use that to discern the thoughts and the intents and everything that's going on in your heart. With his help, you can actually understand what's going on in here. When you give it all over to him and you lay it out on the table, you might not even necessarily understand what's that, what's that, why am I thinking that? But it says that the word of God is a discerner, can discern that thought, that intention, and can help you to understand, ah, that's why I did that. Ah, that's why I feel that way. Ooh, I'm sorry, Lord. And that's why David ended on a positive note in his psalms because he brought it all out and then God kind of worked with him and said, hey, look, see that thing right there? That's not good. I'll well, see that thing there? You were looking at that differently, but it's actually this. And then he went, ah, Lord, you're merciful. And kind of changed how he was thinking about things, changed how he saw all this stuff in his heart. And God can create a clean heart there if there's things that need to be cleaned up. And you'll see through all of this that David never lacked in his reverence or respect for who God is. So why do I say that? Because... You know, you can get, you can probably misunderstand me if you say, you know, make a mess before God and just say what's on your heart. Um, that's not, I'm not encouraging people to just, you know, swear to God. You feel like I'm not saying that. I'm just saying just being honest with your feelings and stuff. But David never, he, he never lacked in reverence or respect. He was just being honest, and that's what we need to take f- from him. Uh, and if you're in Hebrews 4, just have a look at this. Hebrews 4, chapter 6, uh, verse 16. Says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And I think that's what David was doing. He's coming boldly to God, coming boldly in his prayer. And I looked up that word boldly, and you know what it it literally means: being frank. Literally means just to be open, just to be honest, be frank with someone. Like when Jesus was saying to his disciples, you know, Lazarus is sleeping and they're quite not getting it. And then he's like, guys, Lazarus is dead. Just being frank, just being bold, just being honest. That's what, that's what he was saying there. And so David's going, well, God said that we, we can come bold down to his throne. I'm just going to be honest. God said that. We can do the same thing. We can just go, I'm just going to bring it before him. Not being disrespectful. So we're afforded boldness but this boldness is actually based on the verse before, based on Hebrews 4, verse 15. It says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus, our high priest, understands everything that's going on here, all the stuff that's building up. And he's our friend and, you know, he understands all these things. That's why we can then come boldly To him and say, I know you understand, so I'm just going to lay this out because you understand my pain. You understand uh, me being overwhelmed by this thing, this person, whatever, whatever. So I'm just going to give it over to you. I'm just going to cast my care upon you, Lord. You know, when you cut, like we went fishing the other week with uh, Pete Senior and um, it was quite funny because I didn't catch anything except a leaf. (laughs) Um... But when you cast out, you're not, just, you know, you're not just delicately placing it. You're throwing it out there. Just, you, know, you might look like an idiot when you do At least I did look like an idiot when I did it. But that's, that's the whole point. Is he just getting it out there? You're just giving it over to God. He's saying, God, this is it. Take my bait. Give me a fish. You know, that's, that's what we've got to do. we just got to get it out there. And say, well, Lord, you've told me to we well, can come boldly to your throne of grace and that's what I'm going to do. I know you understand me, where I'm, what I'm feeling and all these sorts of things. So can you please just help me, just discern those things for me and, and help me to move on and help me to maybe see these things in a different light or, or do things differently, whatever needs to be done. Uh, so he, God wants us to express these things to him. He wants us to pour our heart out to him. If need be, make a mess before him um and he 'll and you know you can watch him help you. He helped Hannah for sure, he definitely helped David. you can see that all through the scriptures um, and they 're just people just like you and me. We can relate to them, we can use biblical principles like they did, and uh, we can express ourselves to God and watch him do a work so that 's my encouragement to you tonight. hopefully that is a help um, don 't think that you have to be super spiritual person to express what's going on in your heart, just, just give it over to him. He can take that and he can work with it. You know, When, um, when a sinner comes to know Christ, God doesn't expect them to be at level 10 Christianity. He, he knows what's going on in here and he knows when they say, you know, I'm sorry for those things. He knows, he can take that and he understands that and they're just they're just pouring that stuff out before him. It's plain to him. He's not confused by it. See, we might look at it and go, oh, they didn't quite pray that prayer very well. But God doesn't do that. He sees their heart. He just wants them to express it. Um, In in the parable of the sower, the only heart that produced fruit in in Luke, it says, was the heart that was honest. If you have a look in in the Luke Luke story there, it says that those of, of a good and honest heart, I think it says... They're the only ones that produce fruit. The ones that are honest, the ones that were genuine, the ones that are like, yeah, I need this, or yeah, here, God, this is me. Can you help me? <laughs> just being honest. And that's really what I'm saying to you tonight is just got to be honest before God. No point in pretending. All right, that's it. Uh, let's just have a word of prayer and then we'll be done. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you once again uh, for being good to us. Thank you. Uh, For the examples we see in your word, thank you that you used regular people just like us, Lord, uh, that we can learn from, we can glean from, and I thank you that you recorded it and preserved it for us, Lord, to learn these truths and learn these lessons. I thank you, Father, for our church once again. I pray that you would do a work in us and through us. Help us, Lord, uh, to come to you uh, boldly, but to come to you in honesty, Lord, uh, to bring these hurts that we feel before your face. And I thank you that you will take them and you will help us understand them and you will create in us a clean heart. And I just pray that you would guide us through this week. Lord, help us to be a good example to others. Help us to grow in you, to know you better, to know our hearts even better, Lord. And we thank you for it. and We ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.